0: Download the Viator app now and use code VIATOR10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Chapter 18. Giraud, Acts. By the way, Poirot, I said as we walked along the hot white road, I've got a bone to pick with you. I dare say you meant well, but really, it was no business of yours to go mouching round to the Hotel de Fer without letting me know. "'Poirot shot a quick, sidelong glance at me. "'And how did you know I had been there?' he inquired. "'Much to my annoyance, I felt the color rising in my cheeks. "'I happened to look in, in passing,' I explained, "'with as much dignity as I could muster. "'I rather feared Poirot's banter, "'but to my relief, and somewhat to my surprise, "'he only shook his head with a rather unusual gravity.' "'If I have offended your susceptibilities in any way, "'I demand pardon of you. "'You will understand better soon. "'But believe me, "'I have striven to concentrate all my energies on the case.' "'Oh, it's all right,' I said, "'mollified by the apology. "'I know it's only that you have my interests at heart, "'but I can take care of myself all right.' Poirot seemed to be about to say something further, but checked himself. Arrived at the villa... Poirot led the way up to the shed, where the second body had been discovered. He did not, however, go in, but paused by the bench which I have mentioned before as being set some few yards away from it. After contemplating it for a moment or two, he paced carefully from it to the hedge, which marked the boundary between the Villa Genevieve and the Villa Marguerite. Then he paced back again, nodding his head as he did so, Returning again to the hedge, he parted the bushes with his hands. "'With good fortune,' he remarked to me over his shoulder, "Mademoiselle Marta may find herself in the garden. "'I desire to speak to her, and would prefer not to call formally at the Villa Marguerite. "'Ah, all is well. There she is. "'Psst, mademoiselle, Pst un moment, s'il vous plaît.' I joined him at the moment that Marta Dubril, looking slightly startled, came running up to the hedge at his call. A little word with you, Mademoiselle, if it is permitted. Certainly, Monsieur Poirot. Despite her acquiescence, her eyes looked troubled and afraid. Mademoiselle, do you remember running after me on the road the day that I came to your house with the examining magistrate? You asked me if anyone were suspected of the crime... "'And you told me two Chileans?' "'Her voice sounded rather breathless, "'and her left hand stole to her breast. "'Will you ask me the same question again, mademoiselle? "'What do you mean?' "'This. "'If you were to ask me that question again, "'I should give you a different answer. "'Someone is suspected, but not a Chilean. "'Who?' "'The word came faintly between her parted lips. "'Monsieur Jack Renaud. "'What?' It was a cry. Jack! Impossible! Who dares to suspect him? Giraud! Giraud! The girl's face was ashy. I am afraid of that man. He is cruel. He will... he will... She broke off. There was courage, gathering in her face, and determination. I realized in that moment that she was a fighter. Poirot, too, watched her intently. You know, of course, that he was here on the night of the murder he asked. "'Yes,' she replied mechanically. "'He told me.' "'It was unwise to have tried to conceal the fact,' ventured Poirot. "'Yes, yes,' she replied impatiently. "'But we cannot waste time on regrets. "'We must find something to save him. "'He is innocent, of course, "'but that will not help him with a man like Giraud, "'who has his reputation to think of. "'He must arrest someone, "'and that someone will be Jack.' "'The facts will tell against him,' said Poirot. "'You realize that?' "'She faced him squarely, "'and used the words I had heard her say in her mother's drawing-room. "'I'm not a child, monsieur. "'I can be brave and look facts in the face. "'He is innocent, and we must save him.' "'She spoke with a kind of desperate energy, "'then was silent, frowning as she thought. "Mademoiselle," said Poirot, observing her keenly, "'Is there not something that you are keeping back "'that you could tell us?' "'She nodded, perplexedly. "'Yes, there is something, "'but I hardly know whether you will believe it. "'It seems so absurd. "'At any rate, tell us, mademoiselle. "'It is this. "'Monsieur Giraud sent for me as an afterthought "'to see if I could identify the man in there. "'She signed with her head towards the shed. "'I could not.' At least, I could not at the moment. But since, I have been thinking. Well, it seems so queer, and yet I am almost sure. I will tell you. On the morning of the day Monsieur Renaud was murdered, I was walking in the garden here when I heard a sound of men's voices quarreling. I pushed aside the bushes and looked through. One of the men was Monsieur Renaud, and the other was a tramp, a dreadful looking creature in filthy rags. He was alternately whining and threatening. I gathered he was asking for money, but at that moment Mamma called me from the house and I had to go. That is all. Only, I am almost sure that the tramp and the dead man in the shed are one and the same. Poirot uttered an exclamation. But why did you not say so at the time, Mademoiselle? Because at first it only struck me that the face was vaguely familiar in some way. The man was differently dressed and apparently belonged to a superior station in life. But tell me, Monsieur Poirot, is it not possible that this tramp might have attacked and killed Monsieur Renaud and taken his clothes and money? It is an idea, mademoiselle, said Poirot slowly. It leaves a lot unexplained, but it is certainly an idea. I will think of it. A voice called from the house. Maman, whispered Marta, I must go. "'and she slipped away through the trees. "'Come,' said Poirot, "'and taking my arm, turned in the direction of the villa. "'What do you really think?' I asked, in some curiosity. "'Was that story true, or did the girl make it up "'in order to divert suspicion from her lover?' "'It is a curious tale,' said Poirot, "'but I believe it to be the absolute truth. "'Unwittingly, Mademoiselle Marta told us the truth on another point,' and incidentally gave Jack Renaud the lie. Did you notice his hesitation when I asked him if he saw Marta Dubril on the night of the crime? He paused and then said yes. I suspected that he was lying. It was necessary for me to see Mademoiselle Marta before he could put her on her guard. Three little words gave me the information I wanted. When I asked her if she knew that Jack Renaud was here that night, she answered, "'he told me. "'Now, Hastings, what was Jack Renaud doing here "'on that eventful evening, "'and if he did not see Mademoiselle Marta, "'whom did he see?' "'Surely, Poirot,' I cried aghast, "'you cannot believe that a boy like that "'would murder his own father.' "'Mon ami,' said Poirot, "'you continue to be of a sentimentality unbelievable. "'I have seen mothers who murdered their little children "'for the sake of the insurance money.' "'After that, one can believe anything. "'And the motive? "'Money, of course. "'Remember, that Jack Renaud thought that he would come in "'to half his father's fortune at the latter's death. "'But the tramp, where does he come in?' "'Poirot shrugged his shoulders. Giraud would say that he was an accomplice "'who helped young Renaud to commit the crime "'and who was conveniently put out of the way afterwards. "'But the hair round the dagger,' "'The woman's hair.' "'Ah,' said Poirot, smiling broadly, "'that is the cream of Giraud's little jest. "'According to him, it is not a woman's hair at all. "'Remember that the youths of to-day "'wear their hair brushed straight back from the forehead "'with pomade or hair-wash to make it lie flat. "'Consequently, some of the hairs are of considerable length. "'And you believe that, too?' "'No,' said Poirot, with a curious smile, "'for I know it to be the hair of a woman.' And more, which woman? Madame dubriel, I announced positively. Perhaps, said Poirot, regarding me quizzically. But I refuse to allow myself to get annoyed. What are we going to do now? I asked, as we entered the hall of the Villa Genevieve. I wish to make a search among the effects of Monsieur Jacques Renaud. That is why I had to get him out of the way for a few hours. But will not Giraud have searched already? I asked doubtfully. "'Of course. He builds a case as a beaver builds a dam, "'with a fatiguing industry. "'But he will not have looked for the things that I am seeking. "'In all probability, he would not have seen their importance "'if they stared him in the face. "'Let us begin.' "'Neatly and methodically, Poirot opened each drawer in turn, "'examined the contents, and returned them exactly to their places. "'It was a singularly dull and uninteresting proceeding.' Poirot waded on through collars, pajamas, and socks. A purring noise outside drew me to the window. Instantly, I became galvanized into life. "'Poirot!' I cried. "'A car has just driven up. Giraud is in it, and Jack Renaud, and two gendarmes.' "'Sacre,' growled Poirot. "'That animal of a Giraud, could he not wait? "'I shall not be able to replace the things in this last drawer "'with the proper method. "'Let us be quick.' Unceremoniously, he tumbled out the things on the floor, mostly ties and handkerchiefs. Suddenly, with a cry of triumph, Poirot pounced on something, a small, square cardboard, evidently a photograph. Thrusting it into his pocket, he returned the things pell-mell to the drawer, and, seizing me by the arm, dragged me out of the room and down the stairs. In the hall stood Giraud, contemplating his prisoner, Good afternoon, Monsieur Giraud, said Poirot. What have we here? Giraud nodded his head towards Jack. He was trying to make a getaway, but I was too sharp for him. He is under arrest for the murder of his father, Monsieur Paul Renaud. Poirot wheeled to confront the boy who leaned limply against the door, his face ashy pale. What do you say to that? Jack Renaud stared at him stonily. "'Nothing,' he said. "'Chapter 19. I Use My Grey Cells.' "'I was dumbfounded. "'Up to the last, I had not been able to bring myself "'to believe Jack Renaud guilty. "'I had expected a ringing proclamation of his innocence "'when Poirot challenged him. "'But now, watching him as he stood, "'white and limp against the wall, "'and hearing the damning admission fall from his lips,' I doubted no longer. But Poirot had turned to Giraud. What are your grounds for arresting him? Do you expect me to give them to you? As a matter of courtesy, yes. Giraud looked at him doubtfully. He was torn between a desire to refuse rudely and the pleasure of triumphing over his adversary. You think I have made a mistake, I suppose, he sneered. "'It would not surprise me,' replied Poirot, with a sousant of malice. Giraud's face took on a deeper tinge of red. "'Ah, bien! Come in here. You shall judge for yourself.' He flung open the door of the salon, and we passed in, leaving Jack Renaud in the care of the two other men. "'Now, Monsieur Poirot,' said Giraud, laying his hat on the table and speaking with the utmost sarcasm, "'I will treat you to a little lecture on detective work,' "'I will show you how we moderns work.' "'Bien,' said Poirot, composing himself to listen. "'I will show you how admirably the old guard can listen.' "'And he leaned back and closed his eyes, "'opening them for a moment to remark, "'Do not fear that I shall sleep. "'I will attend most carefully.' "'Of course,' began Giraud, "'I soon saw through all that Chilean tomfoolery. Two men were in it, but they were not mysterious foreigners.' "'All that was a blind. "'Very creditable so far, my dear Giraud,' murmured Poirot, "'especially after that clever trick of theirs "'with the match and cigarette end.' "'Giraud glared, but continued. "'A man must have been connected with the case "'in order to dig the grave. "'There is no man who actually benefits by the crime, "'but there was a man who thought he would benefit. "'I heard of Jack Renaud's quarrel with his father,' of the threats that he had used. The motive was established. Now as to means. Jack Renaud was in Merlin V. that night. He concealed the fact, which turned suspicion into certainty. Then we found a second victim, stabbed with the same dagger. We know when that dagger was stolen. Captain Hastings here can fix the time. Jack Renaud, arriving from Cherbourg, was the only person who could have taken it. I have accounted for all the other members of the household. Poirot interrupted. You are wrong. There is one other person who could have taken the dagger. You refer to Monsieur Stoner. He arrived at the front door in an automobile which had brought him straight from Calais. Ah, believe me, I have looked into everything. Monsieur Jacques Renaud arrived by train. An hour elapsed between his arrival and the moment he presented himself at the house. Without doubt... He saw Captain Hastings and his companion leave the shed, slipped in himself, and took the dagger, stabbed his accomplice in the shed. Who was already dead? Giraud shrugged his shoulders. Possibly he did not observe that. He may have judged him to be sleeping. Without doubt, they had a rendezvous. In any case, he knew this apparent second murder would greatly complicate the case. It did. But... "'It could not deceive Monsieur Giraud,' murmured Poirot. "'You mock yourself at me, "'but I will give you one last irrefutable proof. "'Madame Renaud's story was false, "'a fabrication from beginning to end. "'We believe Madame Renaud to have loved her husband, "'yet she lied to shield his murderer. "'For whom will a woman lie? "'Sometimes for herself, "'usually for the man she loves, "'always for her children.' "'That is the last, the irrefutable proof. "'You cannot get round it.' Giraud paused, flushed, and triumphant. "'Poirot regarded him steadily. "'That is my case,' said Giraud. "'What have you to say to it?' "'Only that there is one thing you have failed to take into account. "'What is that?' "'Jack Renaud was presumably acquainted with the planning out of the golf course.' He knew that the body would be discovered almost at once when they started to dig the bunker. Giraud laughed out loud. But it is idiotic what you say there. He wanted the body to be found. Until it was found, he could not presume death and would have been unable to enter into his inheritance. I saw a quick flash of green in Poirot's eyes as he rose to his feet. Then why bury it? he asked softly. Reflect, Giraud. "'Since it was to Jack Renaud's advantage "'that the body should be found without delay, "'why dig a grave at all?' Giraud did not reply. "'The question found him unprepared. "'He shrugged his shoulders as though to intimate "'that it was of no importance. "'Poirot moved towards the door. "'I followed him. "'There is one more thing that you have failed to take into account,' "'he said over his shoulder. "'What is that?' "'The piece of lead piping,' said Poirot, and left the room. Jack Renaud still stood in the hall with a white, dumb face, but as we came out of the salon, he looked up sharply. At the same moment, there was a sound of a footfall on the staircase. Mrs. Renaud was descending it. At the sight of her son, standing between the two myrmidons of the law, she stopped as though petrified. Jack, she faltered. Jack, what is this? He looked up at her, his face set. "'They have arrested me, mother.' "'What?' "'She uttered a piercing cry, "'and before anyone could get to her, "'swayed and fell heavily. "'We both ran to her and lifted her up. "'In a minute, Poirot stood up again. "'She has cut her head badly on the corner of the stairs. "'I fancy there's a slight concussion also. "'If Giraud wants a statement from her, "'he will have to wait. "'She will probably be unconscious for at least a week.' Denise and Françoise had run to their mistress, and leaving her in their charge, Poirot left the house. He walked with his head bent down, frowning thoughtfully at the ground. For some time I did not speak, but at last I ventured to put a question to him. "'Do you believe, then, in spite of all appearances to the contrary, that Jack Renaud may not be guilty?' Poirot did not answer at once, but after a long wait, he said gravely, "I do not know, Hastings. There is just a chance of it. Of course, Giraud is all wrong, wrong from beginning to end. If Jack Renaud is guilty, it is in spite of Giraud's arguments, not because of them, and the gravest indictment against him is known only to me." "What is that?" I asked, impressed. If you would use your gray cells and see the whole case clearly as I do, you too would perceive it, my friend. This was what I called one of Poirot's irritating answers. He went on, without waiting for me to speak. Let us walk this way to the sea. We will sit on that little mound there, overlooking the beach, and review the case. You shall know all that I know, but I would prefer that you should come at the truth by your own efforts, not by my leading you by the hand. "'we established ourselves on the grassy knoll, "'as Poirot had suggested, looking out to sea. "'From farther along the sand, "'the cries of the bathers reached us faintly. "'The sea was of the palest blue, "'and the halcyon calm reminded me "'of the day we had arrived at Merlin V, "'my own good spirits, "'and Poirot's suggestion that I was fay "'What a long time seemed to have elapsed since then, "'and in reality it was only three days.' "'Think, my friend,' said Poirot's voice encouragingly. "'Arrange your ideas. "'Be methodical. "'Be orderly. "'There is the secret of success.' "'I endeavored to obey him, "'casting my mind back over all the details of the case, "'and reluctantly it seemed to me "'that the only clear and possible solution "'was that of Giraud, which Poirot despised. "'I reflected anew. "'If there was daylight anywhere,' "'It was in the direction of Madame Dubril. Giraud was ignorant of her connection with the Biroldi case. "'Poirot had declared the Biroldi case to be all-important. "'It was there I must seek. "'I was on the right track now, "'and suddenly I started "'as an idea of bewildering luminosity shot into my brain. "'Trembling, I built up my hypothesis. "'You have a little idea, I see, mon ami. "'Capital. We progress.' I sat up and lit a pipe. "'Poirot,' I said, "'it seems to me we have been strangely remiss. "'I say we, although I dare say I would be nearer the mark. "'But you must pay the penalty of your determined secrecy. "'So I say again, we have been strangely remiss. "'There is someone we have forgotten.' "'And who is that?' inquired Poirot, with twinkling eyes. Georges Canot.' This reading comes with kind permission of Agatha Christie Limited. Phoebe Reads a Mystery is recorded in the studios of North Carolina Public Radio, WUNC.